want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go. Seventy-three with some food people. Yeah, with the song "Groom of the Stool." Yeah, if you don't know what that is, look it up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a project that was actually inspired uh, by today's guest. Today we're talking to Idan from the excellent, bizarre grind Israeli band 
from the past. I don't want to say defunct because there is a chance that they could possibly do something again. Mm-hmm. That's not off the table, apparently. Yep. Uh, the band was People, and I was a big fan from the first time I heard them, and I still am. Awesome. So we're going to play one People song, Charlie Five, and then we're going to go into our conversation with a dime. How do you say your first name? Idan. Idan, okay. Idan, okay. Perfect. So I, I used to get uh I used to get relapse uh the relapse records catalog back like before the internet was a thing. Yeah. And um I remember looking through it probably ni- 1995 and I saw the people EP listed in there and it intrigued me. And I, I bought it, had to, it's not instant like it is now, so I had to wait for it to come in the mail. And I I loved it right away. I thought it was really different. And um, I don't know. It, I was very intrigued by it early on. And before the internet, like now you can kind of find some stuff on the internet. But back then I had no idea what, I knew the band was from Israel. And that was about it. 
Like I didn't have yeah. any other information on the band. And um, so can can you kind of tell us like how how people came together? Well, um, when we we were all before it, we were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we loved to hang out together, and uh, I like I was fourteen years old when oh. it started. Wow! And uh, I was out of school already. I was uh, walking in a record store, mm-hmm. and uh, we all met in the same uh, only only metal club, which wasn't only metal, but was dark music okay. club in uh, Tel Aviv. Uh-huh. It was maybe the the one and only, or maybe there was another one in another uh, city, but uh, that was the main thing uh, to go to, to hear uh, or good metal or good electronic, dark 80s stuff mm-hmm. and industrial music. And we all met uh, actually there in that club. Hmm. And uh, we loved all music. Um, well, some of us were already playing an instrument. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided maybe we're going to make something together. And uh, when it started, uh, getting together and putting on music, uh, I couldn't make it. And uh, because I was... Uh, I was hospitalized for something. I don't remember now even what was it, but uh-huh. I couldn't uh, go out for two, three weeks. Uh-huh. And they uh, wrote some um, hardcore grindcore stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, all the time had uh, humoristic elements inside because uh, we we didn't like to take it too serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when there was around us a lot of Israeli metal bands who did take it serious. Yeah. And um, we just, uh, we, we love the music and uh, we like to laugh. And uh, they got together and they did the first show in that club. And I couldn't be there. No oh, man. But uh, as soon as we came out, uh, we closed another gig. And then said, okay, now let's make the music for the gig. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, we got in a rehearsal room. Uh, back then was called Delphi, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. But uh, the owner of the guy really believed in us and liked what we did. Although it was very extreme, especially back in 91, 92. Yeah. And uh, he liked it. So we really uh, went for us with um, paying a lower cost for the rehearsal rooms. And we start rehearsing. And uh, we were all friends. And uh, it was compiled of two vocalists at uh, the start. Mm. It was uh, me and another vocalist. And we both uh, screamed together. Um, mainly influenced from uh, lots of Eric releases. Roadrunner releases mm-hmm. and uh, pop and uh, you know our cultural music that we grew up on, mm-hmm. and uh, we all like we didn't we none of us were like we are metalheads and that's it. We all liked a lot of music, appreciated a lot of concepts in music, and um, but we were children 
And we didn't know too much to play. And the easiest way that sounds great was uh, grindcore. Uh-huh. And uh, we loved it. And uh, as uh, time uh, went on, uh, the reality in Israel is that um, you got to be a man very soon. You have to be at 18, you have to go to the army. Yeah. You can forget about your uh, musical career, especially back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to go. I didn't go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a very... Uh, Back then was very uh, big no. You're not a patriot, and uh-huh. it wasn't it wasn't looked like in a good way. Mm-hmm. But uh, our drummer back then, we had a couple of drummers, but our drummer uh, that we really liked, uh, he said, "I have to go, and uh, I need to do this." And he went, and we got uh, another drummer that was a childhood friend of mine. Mm-hmm. that I haven't seen since I was a child and suddenly at the age of 15, 16 uh, I called him up I knew he was into metal he grew up into it and I heard he was uh, a good drummer I didn't know how, how good he was but he was really amazing back then mm-hmm. still is mm-hmm. and uh, we kept it going uh, although a lot of bands around us while the army got uh, in the way a lot of bands split because of that so um was a very uh, sorry very big challenge sorry for my english very big challenge to uh keep a band and keep it going and not uh, even uh, telling you about uh, making a deal with record deals in israel nobody wanted it and abroad was no it's males it's all really physical males mm-hmm will take two weeks to get to them and two yeah. weeks to get it back if they want it or not right, right. Um, but I was lucky uh, that I uh, I really liked uh, the whole the whole uh, death metal grindcore slash hardcore slash weirdcore whatever was uh, going on I really was enthusiastic about it uh-huh also, thrash metal and death metal, you know, everything. I, it was back in those those years, I think it was new for everyone and very powerful. Yeah. And I saw that in my uh, my records, there's uh, a lot of a lot of time, many times uh, a post office, uh, a post um, address that I can send yeah. to, to bands. And I start um, start. Uh, being in contact with all the bands I loved. Mm-hmm. One of them, I think it was even before Relapse became Relapse, was uh, Bill from Exit 13. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And uh, I loved Exit 13. Mm-hmm. They are very similar in the, in the old, old um, people. Uh, it was Grindcore and, you know, and not serious. Yeah. Uh, very environmental, uh, social. Um, lyrics mm-hmm. or just funny lyrics you know and they were the same and for in my taste was even better we many of us in the band we we loved them mm-hmm. and bill was an amazing guy he straight ahead uh contacted me and uh i think we uh um, sent each other music uh, music i sent him metal from israel maybe he sent me 
um, stuff from Exit 13. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really nice. It was even before Relapse, I think, was only existing in, in, in tapes. And he would tell me, I think he back then he told me he's going to do it. And uh, he did. And he told me, listen, that demo you sent us, we wanted, we wanted to release it. Wow. And uh, I was, I think uh, it was released in 94, but when he, he told me this, it was back in 92. Oh, wow. It just takes time back then. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, that, and, uh, that was one of my questions, how, how you ended up on Relapse. So yeah, so this is it. <laughs> For the love of the music and to be in contact and to see that there's so many magazines, underground magazines. Yeah. And uh, demos that were sent to me from all over the world. I was, I was really into it and I, I just saw it growing and developing all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite band back then was Carcass. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was back in the in the record shop and the club and this, I met a guy that was really into um, industrial music and dark 80s music and Einstruz and all buttons, Skinny Puppy. He was in, all into that. Mm -hmm. And when the metal scene really started booming, especially the death metal. Uh, and all that, it was very impressive for people from even other genres. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was impressed a lot. And he talked to me about it and I told him, yeah, man. And I, I'm now in contact. It was back in the Iraq war. Yeah. When uh, there was the war in Iraq and they, they shot uh, missiles on Israel. And uh, while that uh, happened, I was in contact with Patrick Knopf from the Samonic Orchestra, which also a band that I really liked. Yeah. From, they were assigned to Nuclear Blast. And I told this guy from the club that I know uh, a band. And he told me, yeah, give me, give me their connection. Maybe I bring them for a show. And he did bring them for a show. And he became uh, the first guy that bring extreme metal to Israel back in the 90s. Oh, wow. His name was Orbi Forel. Hmm. And he knew that my favorite band back then was Carcass. Hmm. And he brought them wow. and made us do the opening act for them. Oh, that's which cool. Which was uh, a big dream for a 16 year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in Israel, which is it's it's so rare. Yeah. And uh, how were those first metal uh, shows? Like the first couple metal I'm shows. Sorry? How were the first metal concerts in Israel? Did a lot of people um, come? The metal concerts back in the 90s were amazing. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I will never forget it. Maybe I'm sentimental. I don't know. But uh, see, maybe I think 80% of the people back then are still in connection till today. And there's uh, groups of us from back in the days. And and a guy that is uh, my age now is the, I don't know, uh, Raven, Ishai from Raven. I don't know if you know him, but we, we knew each other back then from the clubs, from mm -hmm. the shows. Mm -hmm. And now he's the big promoter of death metal and thrash metal in Israel. He's now, uh, he brought Behemoth here and uh, he's going to bring in the 15th to August uh, Creator, which nice. I 
My take my seven year old. Nice. Oh, nice. Check out uh, his old father roots. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And uh, so it's still going on. It's still going on. It, uh, I guess like every genre, it had its uh, bad days and good days. Mm-hmm. But uh, back in the 90s, uh, it was, I think it was new all over the world. I think it was booming all over. Yeah. Uh, in Israel, it was really booming. Booming uh, till it made major media news uh, of Satan worshippers, of course. Right. And uh, after that, uh, another couple of uh, they are crazy people. And then uh, when the Black Metallica came out, the Black Album, uh, it became like uh, pop. And right. it was okay to be a metal. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't so absurd for uh, normal people back then. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Metallica did a, a, a good thing in a way, which made it um, um, the genre being appreciated in Israel for it because mm. uh, no one could resist the Black Album. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it was on MTV, it was everywhere and right. okay, okay. So this is metal, okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, so this, uh, we, we were, we were by this guy that I made him contact uh, Patrick, his name was Robbie Farrell. Mm-hmm. He just went into it. He loved the Paradise Lost. He brought here Paradise Lost. Uh, he brought here so many bands. I, I, can't, I can't even remember. I think it was Cancer, Cathedral. Oh. Uh, creator uh, and the list goes on and uh, for us kids he was uh, I was 16 he was 22 I think mm-hmm. and uh, he went for it all he was uh, he really um, took all of all of himself to do it mm-hmm. and it was very successful and um, do you think it was hard for him to get bands to come there back then uh, no no. I think it, it wasn't no. because uh, he did it and there was, I think now it's more problematic to bring bands from back then. Oh yeah. Especially with the whole uh, deadly virus. Oh thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so now it's, uh, I know that uh, for my friend uh, Ishai Evan that uh, I think things are going well. There's no problem bringing now bands. But it was risky, like a few months ago, when he closed all the deals that are happening now. It was, uh, how you say it, uh, when you do in the casino. Uh, gamble? Well, I'm sorry for my English. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Uh, it was a gamble? It was a gamble, exactly. Okay. It was a big gamble, and uh, he already lost because of that uh, deadly virus uh, uh, a show that he closed here, so he was already in a not good shape in his business. Mm-hmm. But here it goes, and I'm happy for him that uh, it's all full and packed. And there's other promoters also uh, that bringing, and um, I know Arch Enemy is coming over now. Ego was here not long ago. So the extreme metal and extreme music here is is happening. It's happening, and I think after this. To uh, hellish years, uh, I think people can relate to this genre even more than before. Yeah. Agreed. I hope. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for us people, uh, when we did it and uh, we were exposed to the bands that come here and uh, 
uh, me and Bill uh, from Bill Steer from Carcass, which was is still an idol for me, uh, a pioneer in the grindcore scene and in the death metal scene. Yeah, uh, we became really good friends. And although he was bigger than me when we met, he he looked at me and with no way uh, without penetrate um, patronizing me so oh, yeah. without patronizing me, not uh, i'm the big you know he was full on uh, uh, very very uh straight and very uh real yeah and it was fun talking and uh we we really became friends and one time he became with mike emot uh, just another time to israel just to you know to trip around and uh, see see israel you know without without the show and uh, it was great connection with them they had here already three shows in israel um the last one wasn't so long ago mm. i think it was just before the uh, 2019 i think there was here and we met again after many years i haven't seen him it was very nice to speak with him oh nice and uh, relating to the band it was all very very much uh, inspirational for us to see them play to see the new releases coming out um and uh we changed direction we did uh, suddenly we more like uh, i was very inspired for mike Patton. oh very yeah much inspired yeah, yeah i can still hear am that. yeah still am and like uh, Mr. Bungle, the first one, when it came out, the whole band was, uh, was shocked from that album. Shocked uh -huh. in, in a way that uh, we hear this album all day long uh, for years. And I still do hear it uh, occasionally. It's, uh, it's, for me, it's a big masterpiece. Yeah. We were very inspired. It it opened us all to to keep on searching other genres, even mm -hmm. not being locked on. And it came out in a good time for me. It came out in the '90s, but when I was exposed to this album, it was '93, I think, or '92, mm -hmm. and uh, there was uh, it. It came out with a release that I really anticipated. I won't uh, say the name because uh, I, I still owe respect, but it was a big release that I wanted uh, to hear from Roadrunner. Uh -huh. And the release came out and it's a Florida production, uh -huh. you know, which was the best production in death metal back then. Right. And it, it started uh, to sound like other bands. It, just sounded unoriginal and then another yeah. album come and it doesn't yeah it doesn't wake me like back then yeah and what that did did um, what did wake me up was uh, the bungle stuff mm -hmm. and uh i was searching for other bands that sound like them because i was hungry for more music and there wasn't mm -hmm. there was similar things but there wasn't like them yeah yeah. And uh, I guess we were very, very uh, um, in inspired by them. We wanted uh, to make that kind of stuff, to make this kind of... Nothing is uh, impossible. We can play every genre, it would sound the same song. And 
we made a demo named uh, Spooked, which was four songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, we didn't, we, I, heard, I sent it to Rilf and said, hey, this, this sounds like shit. It sounds like Fate No More. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, I, when, we, when it was out, I was 17. And I really started uh, to feel that the country is closing on me. And I told the band, listen, we got this demo. It's great. It, w- it went really well in Israel. Mm-hmm. It was, we, we came for shows. It was sold out. Nice. Without oh, wow. letting too much people know. It was all the time sold out. Every show, some uh, hipster magazine would, give a, uh, would have a great review. Even sometimes it was... Hey, it wasn't that good, but no, it was great. And, and I said, really? Yeah. And in the newspapers and they took us to TV and the, 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 the more, the more it was successful in Israel, I, I didn't like it. I didn't want to go to TV and I didn't want to be, I, I felt it's not for me. I don't know why. You liked it being more underground? And, uh... And I said to them, uh, sorry, you saw them or something? No, I, was, I said, you liked uh, the music being more underground? It's not about underground. It's uh, what will I say on TV? You know, I have nothing. It was like uh, the TV, I didn't wake up for it. I, I did wake up, but I didn't go. And I let my band without me get uh, um, interviewed. Oh, okay. I got you. And I just, I just felt I don't want to do it. Yeah. And um, and I felt that I don't want to be in Israel, especially with this great band that I love to play with. That all the shows are are really at the at the end of it, all the shows were sold out. Nice. Just absolutely sold out, and we were children. I think I didn't know how to take it, and uh, my parents were so. I wasn't living with them. I'm living, I was living alone since I'm 15, something like this. Mm-hmm. So my parents, you know, they, they thought it's like a horror movie for them. So <laughs> I can't talk to them and they were so off of it. So yeah. What do they think it, now? It was up to me and I just wanted to go outside of Israel and uh, with the band. And uh, I said to them, listen, uh, I want to go out. Uh, if you go to the army, then anyway, it's game over. If you want to come with me, let's do it. Everybody say, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we go to the U.S., become really rock stars and this. And uh, at the end, uh, suddenly, no, uh, the, the keyboard the player said, no, I'm going to the army. I'm sorry. I'm not. So if the keyboard player, the bass player won't go. So if the bass player, don't, you know, it's not the band. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, said, okay, go to the army. Uh, I was 17 back then. I'll go work in uh, Germany. And I went to Germany. And I started working there in uh, uh, <laughs> illegal work, uh, selling stuff on the street. Uh-huh. Not drugs, you know, pictures, uh, um, clothes, uh, sunglasses, yeah. stuff like that for a child that want to want to get some money yeah and i did it and they they kept working 
I guess uh, what uh, the link that we transfer uh, that I sent you, I guess there is stuff there that is instrumental. It was because I said I had enough of Israel. I'm going out. Mm, okay. <clears throat> And um, I came back after a year. I was uh, 18 and it was just for two months because after that two months, I go from Israel to India. Oh, wow. So they closed the show. Yeah. <clears throat> um, before I go to India and no, you know, we didn't tell many, only friends, you know, come, we have a show. We go to the club. It's again, full house sold out before the show. All the demos, which were in cassettes back then were finished. And like, it was two carton boxes. I don't, before we even started to play, there's no demos. It's all going well. Maybe it was a mistake that I did, but I went to India anyway. <laughs> and I was there a uh, half a year. And uh, I came back um, and we had another show. Again, very successful, was very big club. And they, uh, it, was, it was really great, all going well. But um, I felt, uh, I felt uh, not connected anymore. Uh, not to the people, not to my friends, but uh, to the music and uh, to that extreme. I came back from Israel after really tripping hard and going to um, a trance, you know, psychedelic trance music. And I, I was all the time, I was also back then, but when I came back from India, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing now psychedelic trance music. Okay. <laughs> and I did it with the guitar player of people and the, dr and the drummer that went to the army. We all three together. We put out uh, uh, two very, very good uh, trance uh, EPs in Germany, in a label over there. What was that band called? And, uh, sorry? What was that band called? Tarante. Oh, okay. I'll send you links if uh, you're you. interested. Yes, please. Yes. And uh, they were really a big hit. And we got a touring with it outside of Israel for three months tour all over Europe. And uh, when I experienced touring and performing uh, trance music, electronic music, it was nothing compared to a metal show it was nothing you know you go with a little bit sweat when the show is over you are pushing some computers playing percussion a bit yeah. <laughs> playing the dig but it wasn't i felt i felt this is not what i want to do yeah and <laughs> i split from this also and uh, i started going into um the dj redo really deep And uh, DJ Vidu took me to uh, percussions, African percussions and Latin percussions. And I fell in love with it in, uh, in an instant. And uh, when I was 20, 21, I was already walking as a percussionist and it, it uh, swept me away from this. I fell in love with Afrobeat. Uh, which is, uh, there's all kinds of music that call Afrobeat, but when I say Afrobeat, I mean the, the good old 70s Nigerian music mm -hmm. uh, performed by Fela Kuti and other uh, musicians back then. 
I really, it was magical for me to hear it. I really loved it. I love the Latin. I still do. Yeah, I love all genres. I love music. But back then, um, African music and Latin music really swept me away, really showed me that uh, in just uh, three drums, how complex can things can be between them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and even though I, I still, you know, I still all the time and until now I hear uh, extreme music. I love it still. And even I got the chance to make, a, a, you know, a hardcore band uh, project with uh, that drummer mm -hmm. uh, named Daniel. Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, also a drummer in uh, in people. Uh, so we made uh, in 2000 and, uh, 2006, we made a four four track hardcore, uh, funny hardcore Israeli music. Oh. And I had great fun doing it. And um, still go to shows and still getting uh, offers to hey maybe you get people back together and have a show and uh, <laughs> still do and it's making it, it really warms the heart uh, to see all the people from back then still remembering uh, the crazy shows we had all right let's take a break and listen to another people song this is flea phobia <laughs>
will people ever release new music? Um, it's uh, there's all the time talks about it. Yeah, all the time there's talks about it. Yeah, especially uh, with uh, Ran Jurgensen, which was uh, uh, our last drummer, mm-hmm. which is also an amazing artist. I'll send you his uh, last album, um, Deep Dive. Is his artist name really, really um, interesting music and he's very talented and uh, really uh, master in the in the After Effects. Uh, also, he's doing After Effects for major uh, channels in Israel. Very talented guy. So he's all the time talking to me. Hey, maybe we mix that track that is still instrumental and you make that vocals and said, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Hmm. And, you know, you got families, we got children, yeah. you got uh, get the dough before the end of the month. Yeah, right. right. So it's, it's harder now. But uh, we might, we might because we are still friends. I think... Uh, we are all in, we are all connected and uh, talking and even uh, uh, getting together sometimes M- maybe except uh, Eyal, the keyboard uh, the keyboard player who i don't know what's going on with him he's in new york for like 20 years even more oh wow and i heard he's a great stock broker broker i don't know if it's true or not huh. but that's uh, the rumors but except him, we are all in. A, we are all connected, and we are all friends, and appreciate that time that we had together, which was magical. I think it was magical not only for our band, but for all bands back then, and I think for the audience because you know I didn't start as a band uh, member; I started as an audience. Yeah. yeah. For Israeli bands, because there were no outside bands. Yeah, and uh, we had a great scene, a great scene, and very violent, but very nice also. <laughs> <laughs> how how did like the when you put people together? How did the other Israeli death and black metal bands? How did they? What were their thoughts about people? Did they accept you guys or? They they loved it. Yeah, they loved it. It was needed. It was needed. Nice because. Uh, it's a, it's a thing we know and uh, sometimes we don't accept it but we're not the US yeah we're not uh, we're Israeli we live in Israel uh, our cultural music wasn't didn't started from blues and rock and this some um, cultural music barely started it's like a 70 70 year old uh, 72 year old uh, country so did did you prefer the pre-Heartwork Carcass opposed to like what came uh, after? I was, uh, uh, Heartwork of Carcass uh, was uh, was uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved all the releases of Carcass until now. Also, their 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 latest album, which came a few months ago, yeah, amazing. But uh, what? Uh, what made me uh, stand was Symphonies of Sickness. Yeah, yeah. Symphonies of Sickness was a shock for me. Yeah. And uh, I really, really loved that album. And I loved the cover, of course, and the whole vibe with it, which was uh, 
very unique. I never heard stuff like this. I think anyway, back then, the time of the 90s with Iraq records was it there were Iraq records was uh, uh, like a teacher, a teacher for for extreme metal. Yeah, which was uh, it didn't uh, it didn't it wasn't like uh, maybe Roadrunner was this is trash, this is death metal, you know, and but Iraq is no, there's no genre. You can you can you can have an album with uh, with the vocal, it sounds like an old lady right. screaming her heart out. Right. And yeah, that's a great album. Right. We like it. Yeah, we put it out. All like right. I'm talking now about OLD, uh-huh. which yeah. was also yeah. a big. I I loved them. Yeah, I loved it. They were. Great. I loved it. And also the 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 first album that came out, the Old Lady Drivers, was amazing. And suddenly the Low Flux Tube, which was the second release, mm. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. The first Eric I bought wasn't even metal. It was uh, Godflesh. I oh, just yeah. put it on, yeah. and I was I was extremely shocked. I never heard in my life anything like it. Yeah. And until now, there's not much things that uh, sounds like Godflesh. Right. Street cleaner. I'm speaking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which was a shock. It was a shock for me hearing it uh, 14, 15. I was shocked. It was that rage that I exactly I wanted to hear. And here it is physical. You can hear it. It was it, and, and hey, but it's not metal. I didn't care. And uh, I didn't know that it wasn't metal or if it's metal or if it's industrial. I didn't know. I just felt the vibes and it was just what a 14 year old frustrated yeah from a horrible country horrible schools and this is what i wanted to hear yeah i yeah. now i now feel that somebody feel what i feel uh, yeah yeah that makes and sense. uh and i started you know uh following that uh, that uh that label and every release was a whole new story a whole new sound. Uh, suddenly in Anthem, you hear death metal melodic with uh, with keyboards and stuff. Not that I'm against Roadrunner, you know, uh, great releases came out of Roadrunner, which I, I grew up on, you know, death, obituary, all the classics, of course. But Eric was a, a teacher because it wasn't... Uh, affiliated with one genre you know i heard the john zone the naked city release mm-hmm. that was the uh, first time that made me listen to jazz mm-hmm. was a, a death metal label or a, a extreme metal label was the first time that gave a chance to somebody that is not exposed to jazz in a very small country not so cultural was cultural but uh, not like now Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all big lessons for a kid who is uh, uh, curious about music. It was uh, really, I, I think, I really appreciate what they done for me as a, as a, not even as a musician, but as a guy who wanted to experience music mm-hmm. in that genre. It was a really good trip. The whole 90 or 88 to 95 releases. That's when I, wa- I was hearing and following. Yeah. It was amazing. And um, 
again, again, the whole band, the whole band was inspired from that label. Mm-hmm. Was was it hard for you guys to get that music in Israel at the time, or no? It was hard, but uh, when you work in a record shop, because you you go all the time to the record shop instead of going to school, yeah. I said, okay, so start working here because <laughs> you are here every day. <laughs> so I was I was the guy that uh, gave the calls, oh, the nice. real calls, not the cell phone calls, the calls to the people. Listen, the new Napalm Death is here. How many corruption you gotta hear it, man. Nice. It's Scott Vance did it. You don't believe how it sounds. <laughs> nice. And you see half a school suddenly run to the to the record store because there's new Napalm Death. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was really it's a really small country, so everybody know everybody. Mm-hmm. And but there was a you know, if there's a shipment coming, everybody knew it was usually on a Wednesday. And uh, there were fights. There were fights on records. I can tell you that. <laughs> One of my friends, I met him through fighting on the first D side that came out, and he took it before me. <laughs> and I didn't know him, and I fight with him, and this, and we are, we are now good friends. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so how how did you get into um, sound design and composing? Um, I, I got into it, um, from, first of all, from the love for music and, uh, dramatical themes, which uh, I never, I never thought I could, uh, have a chance to compose. Although I, I do have a band from, uh, 2010 uh, called Eden Ken, the movement of freedom, which is an Afrobeat Latin funk music, very dense. Um, it's, uh, compiled of and amazing musicians and friends and um, I when I composed for that band I composed with my uh, dog with my Cubase and uh, I didn't know I, I had a very old computer and I just needed to write the parts for the band I didn't need it to sound big I had my my sounds in this and the computer after 13 years you know I said okay I put it on with a new one and I bought a new computer and I suddenly understand that now I can put orchestral VSTs and it sounds pretty good for yeah. uh, electronic and uh, I it, it's like the like the music that uh, the afro music that swept me away then this back in 2014 swept me away I stopped writing for the movement of freedom for a while and I started composing and uh, and seeing and understanding how to do it uh, digitally and it's a whole world. It made me um, went more deep into mixing and uh, it was a big challenge, it was an interesting challenge. Yeah, I had a great job, I was a full on uh, working percussionist for shows and for uh, theaters and um, uh, how you call it um, when uh, there is a theater but they're singing how you call it uh, I forgot oh, the name. like opera no, not I opera uh, like uh, hair um, uh, you know the movie uh, hair oh like which a musical is sing musical musicals okay, yeah okay so i was a percussionist for musicals and percussion for bands and 
it was good uh, to be established with this and in my free time to start checking and composing and getting in touch with uh, trailer music houses and media companies. And it's still what I do today. And uh, I got into it because I love it. I love, I love sound. I, lo- I love music. Well, you're really good at it. It's a great way it. to... A what? You're really good at it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I hope so. It doesn't feel that, uh, but uh, thank you. It's uh, very comforting. But uh, I have a lot to learn all the time. I think uh, all of us have a lot to learn all the time. It doesn't end. Right, right. Or do Even you still... if you've grown up, it doesn't mean you know everything. Right, and, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's going well. It's going well. I'm uh, composing these days uh, for uh, commercials, uh, sound designing for mobile games a little bit. Nice. Um, uh, put some uh, tracks in uh, trailer music labels and uh, publishers. And I now released... Um, a two-track two single in a media company called Artlist, which uh, gives uh, free royalty music uh, to uh, YouTubers and this. And it's great because uh, it really it really helped me when uh, there was no shows and nothing for two years. Yeah. So it was very a good choice to do it. Because uh, I could, I could still work a bit yeah. for my house. Right. So uh, it 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 really turned out to be the right choice to do because I did. Uh, if you know, if you're going to something in, into one thing, uh, then you're neglecting the other thing. So you have to make all the time these choices uh, where your where your focus is in. Right, and it was a right choice to focus on walking from home, not being, uh, uh, not being. Uh, you have to earn money by going out yeah. and taking your drums, or going out and DJing, or going out. No out. You can make money from home. Let's work on that. Yeah, yeah I'm not young anymore. I'm 46. <laughs> what will you know? What's going on in 60? Uh, what's what? What will be? All right. <laughs> so. So uh, it's it's a thought for for and I love being with my child. To tell you the truth, I love being home and I love being with my child. Yeah. So I guess this is also part of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, man. Are you still using uh, Cubase? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 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 Cubase from '96. Uh, wow. Before even uh, 97, 96, we made a, a psychedelic trance only with um, uh, triggers and the sampler and sequencers. We didn't have even a computer back then. In 97, we bought an, an Apple Macintosh, uh, black and white, and we had our first Cubase, me and Iran, the guitarist. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I got used to it, you know, if, if I would... If I would uh, need to learn a door from the start, I wouldn't pick Cubase. I think I would pick uh, Ableton. Yeah. Because uh, many of my friend producers who do have the time and uh, the patience to learn a new uh, door, saying really good things about it. But I'm very satisfied with my Cubase. Yeah. Very, uh, very stable. What What are some of your favorite uh, VST go tos for? 
sound design. Um, I saw I saw a submission you did for Spitfire Audio. Yeah, and uh, I like Spitfire a lot. They have some really cool stuff. Spitfire, amazing, they yeah, have amazing stuff. Um, it it's it it takes a lot to go into um to make like at the Hans Zimmer first time I did the Hans Zimmer percussion mm -hmm. from Spitfire I was this is it what this and then when you get into it and starting uh, playing with the reverb and the direct and suddenly you hear yeah whoa okay very uh, unique very nice I loved it and. Uh, I love the violins. I love their brass. Yeah, and also uh, if it's a uh, orchestra, I like. I love Cinebrass Pro, which mm. is, I guess, pretty old. I guess there's new stuff now, but I love using it. Mm -hmm. um, LA scoring, LA scoring strings too. I love. Uh, I love it for uh, um, very flexible and very. Um, I love the the, the strings.
We're talking to Adan from the yesteryear Israeli band People. And the song we just heard was You Are What You Eat. I know that the band Salem predates People, but I think People was the first kind of metal band I heard from Israel. Is there anything... Remind me your name again? Ken. Ken. Yeah. And my wife is Jen, but she's been quiet Jen. throughout this. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Ken in Hebrew is yes. It is? <laughs> yeah. <Huh>. Ken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a good name to be in Israel with. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for talking to us today. Sure, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to uh, be asked about this wonderful period of time. I don't care if I'm nostalgic or it was a wonderful. It was, for me, in my experience, it was a really naive, innocent, yet uh, very dark and uh, violent. But uh, it was great times, great times, great music. I'm sure it is now. I'm sure it is now. Uh, I just can't be aware of all the great bands that are now. Right. But the uh, last story, if I can tell, sure. is in like 2006, uh, one of my friends who's still like into only metal and here's only metal, he told me, listen, you are, you are losing really good, great releases, not hearing them. I said, okay, bring me some discs. I listen, he brought me the new Bolt War, which was, I don't remember back then, and all kinds of stuff. And I heard it, and I've been there, done that, been there, done that. Suddenly, I put a disc on, and I fell in love with the genre again. And it was uh, the album Alien from Strapping Young Lads, which was shocking. Oh, again, yeah. I, I didn't believe I would get shocked from, from an album, but it was so powerful so good and this is how i knew devin thousand and again following him following his work and he was live a couple of years ago in israel it was it was amazing show so much amazing that there was no pit there was no uh, slam dance oh, because yeah. everybody was shocked from yeah. the music and from the sound yeah people just stood up shocked that's it yeah yeah, I've seen some and, bands uh, like that too. I'm sorry. I've I've seen some bands like that too, where the people are just yeah, shocked yeah. and they're just standing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Meshuga. Oh yeah. When they had the show here in Israel, it was half of the crowd was drummers, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> we were all being amazed. <laughs> With what you can do, with what you can do with music. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. To you too, Ken. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, have a good evening, and and take care. You too. Have a great day, man. Thank, thank you. you for calling. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, if you would have told me back in 1995, when I was thumbing through the Relapse Records catalog and happened upon the People EP that all these years later we would be doing a podcast and we would talk to the vocalist of People 
first I would have said, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have said, you're out of your mind. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. I um I enjoyed talking to him a lot. Yeah. He was he was he was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um interesting person and obviously very passionate about music and metal. Yeah. In general. Yep. We're gonna end the show with two more tracks. The first song is Super Nothing Hero, which was an unreleased people song that is instrumental. Sans vocals. And then after that, we're going to hear one of Idan's sound design songs. I don't know if you'd call it a song or a track. Sound design pieces uh, called Forged in Combat. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And be what you eat.
Mask, how old are you? I'm 50. Okay. I, I know I sound well, like sound, I sound like I'm 10. You sound like I'm a 50. child. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not a child. I mean a, a, a young man, you know. <laughs> a child. <laughs> Not a child, I'm sorry. No, no that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I know. Only a bad English can put me in the bad places. No, 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 not at all.